0: and welcome back to another exciting episode of DSLR Film New Podcast. Mitch from Planet 5D joins me today to discuss all kinds of stuff. We've got some cameras, we've got some video test footage, and we've got some other things to talk about. But first, Mitch, what have you been up to, man? Hey,
1: DJ, thanks for the incredible introduction. Uh, Yes, it is true, I'm from a website called (laughs) Planet 5D. And I love my little sound clips that I... I don't know if I ever told you, but a friend of mine actually recorded those, and they were recorded in a car, VW Bug. And it was raining at the time. I don't know. Interesting stories. Way sidebar. Crazy girl. Crazy guy. But (laughs) I'm thrilled to be here. It's Friday, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Isn't everybody
1: celebrating because it's Friday?
0: (laughs) It is Friday, and I am excited to – well, I got called back into the office. I have to film today. So (laughs) I I thought today was my day off. Apparently it is not. But – On my end, I'm sorry, now that you have this daily job, this
1: real job, you don't work on weekends, right?
0: Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but sometimes I do get called in for long shoots. You know, I took a, a corporate job where I'm not freelancing anymore, and like I get a work just a regular eight-hour day and go home. And it seems like it's become more of a hassle than I was expecting to be. I thought, oh, man, this will be great. Uh, I'll have regular hours. I won't have to worry about shooting at night and doing all these other things. And instead, I am working all the time, and I don't get nearly as much free time as I I used to have. So I don't know what's going on. (laughs) That's your nap that you were going to get
1: this afternoon, but now you're not.
0: Well, on that note, guys, I think that's enough of me (laughs) complaining about getting paid for my work. And (laughs) let's move on to the news. (laughs) Time for the news. news. First up, we've got an interesting article here. This is actually from PC perspective, but I want to credit Mitch with uh, pointing this out to me to begin with. Uh, We're talking here about massive, (laughs) massive 16 terabyte SSDs. Now, the problem with SSDs in the past is the way that the controller accesses the NAND memory. And the reason that's a problem is because there's only so many channels available. But uh, this company here that I've gotten an article linked to in the show notes has created HLNAND, which is basically a ring bus for your memory on your SSD, which allows you to go above the 16 terabyte Limit Now, if you're not familiar with IT technology, ring buses were used back in the early days to access many, many computers, and now they're doing the same thing for SSDs. So we're bringing back old technology to move forward. Mitch, what do you think about this?
1: Hey, I love dating using old technology again. That's awesome. Uh What do I think about it? I don't have a clue, DJ. This is all Greek to me. That's why I did. Huh? um i mean i know what a ring bus is from my old it days but i certainly don't know really how it applies to this i read your article i mean i sent it to you right yeah uh but i don't i don't know that i totally comprehend it let's take a user poll how many of you out there actually understand this <laughs> I'm, Please, raising, I'm raising my hand oh, right on, now well, i got this yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> sorry uh oh, that's okay. It's uh, you know, it's interesting. It's really cool that we're going to be seeing uh 16 terabyte SSDs in this size and range. I I wasn't expecting it to come so soon, but uh right. you know, it's actually outpacing the upgrade speeds and sizes of spinning drives now to the point where you know, probably in the next what, 5 years, maybe 8 at the max, I don't know that we'll be using spinning drives in our systems anymore if uh 16 terabytes yeah. is the standard. Mitch will be good for those do yeah. you welcome our new SSD overlords I do I bless them
1: I welcome them I'm thrilled to have them I mean obviously everything's faster and with no moving parts they're a lot less likely to fail although you do still have problems of deterioration and all that kind of story uh, I don't think you mentioned the price on this first 16 terabyte SSD drive did you I didn't see a price did you see a price? I thought I saw one of the articles I read was 5000 bucks.
0: Oh, really? That, yeah. That, that doesn't seem too bad, actually. You know, for $5,000, I'm not going to buy this.
1: <laughs> well, no. Most of us aren't, right? But there will be some technology leaders who are doing massive amounts of data that will use something like this. And that will eventually bring the price down because people will buy it. I mean, it's not. I mean, if you do the math, and I didn't do the math, but that's pretty pretty inexpensive per gigabyte, right?
0: Yeah, I I don't know what that works out to. Sixteen terabytes for uh, you're probably in the like seventy five or eighty cents a gig range. I mean, somebody correct my math because I'm just completely guessing here. I'm not actually doing anything uh, calculation wise. <laughs> Um, But it's you know it's interesting to to know that it's available and the prices have come down. I mean now if you look from two years ago to today, you can buy a one terabyte SSD for like three hundred dollars. And last year, the year before, you were talking twelve or fourteen hundred dollars. Now for five thousand, you can buy a sixteen terabyte SSD. That means that in a couple more years, we'll be seeing four terabyte SSDs in a price range that's sort of consumer friendly. 300 yeah. gig or 300 for something like that would be great that would mean you know you can fit entire projects on there even have it in raid one so you have a backup and the speed that would be excellent for Lord. video editors in general that, that would blow me away
1: I would love that.
0: Now, moving on down the line, SSDs aren't the most exciting thing to talk about since we've kind of nailed those to the ground. I do want to discuss this camera, though. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen now so you guys can see what I'm talking about. This is the JVC-GY LS300. Uh, we have talked about this camera, and the reason we have is because it's sort of an exciting, um, you know, super 35mm camera that, for whatever reason, shoots on micro four-thirds glass it's priced really well right now i'm looking on bnh it's uh three three thousand five hundred dollars which is uh pretty affordable for this guy and now with the firmware update that's coming down the line from uh, jvc looks like we'll be able to shoot 4k footage internally before this was advertised as a camera that would only output 4k via hdmi or sdi but now it will record what it shoots Mitch, how do you think this compares to something like the C100 or Canon's XC10?
1: Compares, obviously, very favorably as I get an eyelash or something in my eye. Sorry to those of you who are watching live or even watching later. Um, it's uh, By the way, I did notice that the B&H uh, website actually lists that twice. There's there's a promo price, which gets it down to 34 99 right now. Okay. The, the normal price is 39.95 so uh, that gets it a little bit closer to the C100. but um, it's nice to see that kind of really low price 4k internally. Karen, who wrote the article for us over at planet 5D, was really excited about having this because it's all it's also going to have their uh, their c log, not c log. what do they call it?
0: Uh, v log I believe.
1: log sorry. Sorry, Canon. I can't say C log. Obviously, it wouldn't be C log. JVC's B log. Um, so it's 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 nice. And I, I guess I don't know what kind of firmware changes can be done that would bring it down uh, so that they could write internally. I, I sort of would have thought that was a processor update, but
0: uh, hey. well, I think they've added Kodak support for a 70 meg 4K flavor. Um, as, or, you know, straight to your SDXC card. So uh, previously this was out, outputting, I think, 422 via the SDI port, and they're using the same H.264 encoding processor and just encoding it at something that's... Uh, Uh, small enough form factor to fit onto an SDXC card. I I think that was the limitation with this uh, previously is that the media it was using and the H.264 format wasn't capable of squeezing it onto that. But now that they've got it down to a bit rate that's sustainable for the card to write, they're able to accomplish that. So that's kind of good. I always prefer cameras to shoot their own stuff. It's really frustrating and irritating when You get a camera, I don't know, maybe like this Sony A7S I have right here that promises 4K, but only with an external recorder, which makes that 4K promise somewhat useless to me. Uh, Also, kind of aside here, you'll notice right now that I've got a rig around my Sony A7S. This is the small rig cage I'm prototyping here. I've got my old one next to me, completely aside. Uh, This is the old (gasps) small rig cage. We never go and this topic. is a prototype i worked with uh, dc from click craft and um, the guys from okay. you got to hold it up higher you, oh. you're you
1: looking at the old camera there you go ah, there you. we go
0: for the <laughs> for the video viewers who i forgot my camera is so high up in the air now because it's on a 42 inch panel <laughs> because of
1: that what 42 inch monitor that you were bragging about
0: last yeah week. i love this monitor but man it is so big that my webcam sits way high up in the air. It's kind of ridiculous. But of anyway, not. the thing I wanted to, to, to mention about this is uh, basically they've upgraded the shoe on this. So if you look down here at the bottom, here's the previous plate. And uh, there wasn't a thumbscrew type of attachment for the camera. So it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, there's still a few things that need to be fixed on this. But you can see that it does leave enough room for that OA4... Uh, adapter so you can get to a A-mount lenses from E-mount lenses. Uh, definitely interesting. Sorry for that aside. Back to the regular discussion, though, the JVC GY-LS300. Now, Mitch, the reason I like this camera is the price compared to everything else that's shooting 4K in the market, and it's a full-fledged camera. Uh, do you think anybody's going to buy the XC10 with stuff like this coming around the corner? Yes, absolutely
1: because Canon rocks is they're a much better camera company than anybody else and are you still buying it uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, the one the one thing that's different obviously you know for those folks that are still like me that's like to shoot stills every now and then obviously a camera like this wouldn't do me a whole lot of good because uh, it's not giving me both features it's not a DSLR but that being said for those filmmakers who are wanting everything it has uh i thought i read that it has uh internal <sighs> gosh what's why is my brain not working again this week i
0: don't know nd
1: filters, ND filters. doesn't it have ND. i,
0: I believe I... it does actually i think it has three stops at nd filters so that's good goodness
1: stuff like a traditional big boy camera would have right
0: indeed uh, you know oh. Basically, it's nice that JVC, even though it's not a brand that everybody jumps out and says, Oh man, sweet, JVC has released a camera, it's still got a lot ah. of the stuff that you're asking for. I mean, honestly, guys, and everybody probably agrees out there, or most of you do, that uh, JVC isn't a brand that you think about unless you have like an old VCR in your house or an old TV or something like that. It's really not like the brand on the tip of my tongue that I'm like, Oh man, I can't wait for the next JVC release. But. This is a solid offering. It's got a lot of the features you want. It's basically a full-fledged camcorder. It's using a super 35mm th- sensor, and it's got some crop factor that's available for uh, you know, 4K shooting with uh, Micro Four Thirds lenses. It- it's a really solid offering, and it's 3500 bucks. I think when they originally announced this, they, an- they announced it at uh, $4,500, and it's come a- down $1,000 already to the point now where it's out on on the market. And they're actually offering firmware updates these aren't amazing things in and among themselves, but compared to the other camera companies that are out there doing stuff, you know, uh, these are all the things we're asking for, you know, uh, give us the stuff we want, you know, give us some firmware updates to add a few more features and uh, give us a price range that, you know, puts it in line with say, oh, I don't know, the 5D Mark III, for example, or the, uh, you know, any of the other ca- like Sony's uh, A7S. Uh, I mean, This is just right, you know. If I wanted this camera or needed it, this would be what I would jump on right away. Mitch, anything to add on this camera other than like it's it does what we were asking?
1: I happen to just be jumping over to YouTube while you were blathering on and on and I'm sorry, just kidding. Uh, There are several videos out there on YouTube with some sample video, which looks pretty awesome. So we should have included that in our, our, our report. I, I apologize to our readers who realize that there are other things to see out there. Uh, Looks pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. I think JVC is going to go
1: auto up. mode. I'm sorry. I just discovered it has auto mode.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, like autofocus or. I don't know. I was just the video.
1: They just zoomed right in on the words auto mode on the side of the camera. I don't know what the hell that means, because I don't have the sound on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Today, okay. It's today, uh, okay?
0: It's one of those mornings where uh, we get a little wacky. Um, anyway, the JVC GY LS300, BNH has a special on it right now, 3500 bucks. You can find links to that in the show notes. Uh, it is pretty competitive to Canon C100, and uh, very competitive to many of the other cameras in the offering. Now, what else is competitive and also sort of interesting because they've started to ship, Mitch has an article up on Planet 5D about this, actually. The Sony a seven a A7R2. Thank you. Thank you. It was just, for some reason, it was delaying here in front of me. Um, this camera, basically, the A7R2 is starting to hit the market. Uh, there's some video clips out and available to look at. But before I input my own thoughts on what I saw, Mitch, what do you think about the video from this camera?
1: Uh it looked pretty good. Uh, before you get your toes all over it, uh, I was very impressed. Uh, the one video that the first video that we posted is uh, 4K, and I initially watched it in 1080 and it was kind of like "ho hum." But when I watched it in 4K, I was I was pretty impressed. It's sharp. It doesn't seem to have a whole lot of noise. Although, obviously, and, and, and you get a little bit of confusion about whether or not you're actually seeing noise or compression artifacts when it comes up on YouTube. So it would be much better if we had a downloadable version like on Vimeo, because I love Vimeo where you can download the 4K stuff if people upload it. Um, so there's a plug for, for Vimeo. I'm going to go see them in New York City, by the way, when I'm there next month for the Canon Expo. So look forward to some exciting stuff from Vimeo. Well. Uh, and the other thing that I really liked about it, which was the second video that's included on our blog post, is um, Dan from where I don't even see it right now. Apologize, Dan, uh, that the did a test to, with a, a Metabones adapter to show you an us what the uh autofocus speed is for shooting stills that's very impressive yeah not exactly the same as a native but it's pretty darn close much better than what i was getting on the a7s when i was testing that that was atrocious
0: yeah the a7s af is it's not that not very good at all um you know out of all the cameras i have in my collection right now i would say the panasonic gh4 actually seems to be the snappiest af system in my collection i know it's pretty close to what i get out of the 5d mark iii but the gh4 for whatever reason as long as it's in okay lighting conditions does an amazing job of just getting focus every time i don't know why some sort of uh, better technology i suppose um on the A7R Mark II, I watched the same footage you watched, Mitch, and I've got some marks here. It looks like I wrote down 130. Uh, they have a shot of some trees, and it looks like there's quite a bit of more noise patterns going on there. Uh, the water they showed looked pretty good. I don't right. know. Um, you well, know you... the,
1: at, if I may interrupt, at that time frame on the video, that's a 1080... Uh, video, and I, I'm assuming it's coming straight out of the camera, and if you wait a couple more seconds, then they switch over to 4K, which Bing becomes a lot sharper. Ah, uh, okay. And I, and I saw, I, f- I felt there was a lot less noise in the 4K video of the same scene um, than the 1080, but they were also showing in that the different sensor crops, which is really kind of cool. I really still like a camera that can give me internally a 4k crop or a 1080 crop or or like a super 35 crop so you're effectively changing the focal length and doing all kind of fun things there so that's kind of fun when they do that but it didn't didn't have a whole lot of noise now they didn't also tell us uh, what their iso look was if i recall so you know and it wasn't a low noise test and the at least on my screen, the whites where the water was were kind of blown out whites. Yeah. So, you know, they were they were trying to give us this comparison of dark shadows underneath the trees and the water and the waterfall. Um, so it was it was good to see. Uh, it's not the best test on the planet, but it's got some good stuff in it.
0: Yeah, and we've also got a link to. The low-light performance of this, and I'll thank Mitch again for doing my work for me this morning. He uh, linked to that in the show notes. You should definitely check that out. It looks like all the way up to 25,600, the A7R Mark II is in pretty good shape for low-light performance. I, they cut it off right there for the video mode, so I don't know what it would look like going any further than that. Still not quite as aggressive in low-light as you get out of something like the A7S but very impressive for such a high megapixel camera. Uh, Mitch, you saw the same test. What do you think of the low light performance?
1: Uh, and, and I want to thank the guys over at Cinema 5D for providing that. I don't think you said who that provided that. But anyway, uh, interesting. I, I told you before the show that I think that it's it's very good in comparison to the ASUS, but I would really love to see a comparison to the gold standard, which I think most people are so familiar with the 5D Mark III. Granted it's not the best low light camera out there the A7S is but I would just like to see another comparison and I don't have either one of the cameras to do a comparison so I'm failing miserably but it would to me it would just be feel good to say to compare it to something that is a known standard like the 5D Mark III Everybody's yeah. familiar with that one so anyway sidebar
0: yeah, and a lot of times you'll see like brands compared to stuff like this because they're comparing the previous version to the newer version. Um, it, it is always nice to mix it up with a few different brands and flavors to uh, take a look at. Anyway, the A7R Mark II has started to ship. Uh, if you're interested, you can get your hands on one of those guys. It is a very interesting camera from Sony, and a lot of people are saying it is a reasonable DSLR replacement uh, if you're looking for something in a smaller form factor. I probably won't be moving it to uh, moving to it myself, but you know it's out there. It's a thing. Yeah.
1: A lot of people are excited about it. Uh, I've gotten several people emailing me with questions. so uh, I think the the best comparison is is the fact that they're comparison is the A7S. It's not going to be as good as the A7S, which we didn't really expect. but the ability to shoot stills with an adapter with your Canon lenses, really rocks to me i mean i would i would much rather go with the a7r2 than the a7s at this point because i don't need really really low light stuff yeah so it looks like it's a rocking camera
0: anyway the, the a7s um honestly it's a one trick pony for me i you know AF yeah. is bad uh if i need to shoot in extremely low light settings that's when i grab my a7s uh otherwise for a regular shooting it's still my gh4 or my 5d mark iii as my go-to cameras uh I was expecting to use the A7S quite a bit more, but that's the reason I have not invested heavily in Sony glass. Is because this guy only gets used occasionally. Um, when it right. it is needed, it's very handy to have, but it's not. Uh, something that I couldn't live without in my kit. And I think the price is reflecting that too. Uh, I just saw on eBay yesterday, uh, gray market versions of the a 7s are down to like $1,600. So wow. the price has really fallen from, I think 2,400. I paid for it, uh, less than a year ago. Uh, it's always fun to watch wow. your stuff depreciate down the drain until <laughs> it's not worth anything. Um...
1: Did you? I I think you were trying to say to me before the show that you didn't think that the A seven R footage that you saw was quite as sharp as the GH four, in four K. Yeah, that, but think that
0: the problem is is uh, you mentioned YouTube compression. I watched yeah. this video a couple times and it looked it looked a little bit soft in areas. But you know you mentioned this earlier. It is on YouTube and you can't download the original file to look at it. So. I have to kind of reserve judgment from the examples I saw, though. I do think the GH4's 4K mode is sharper in general uh, than what I was seeing out of the A7R Mark II footage on those example videos. Uh, That's pretty much anecdotal, though. Uh, You'd have to almost put them side by side to find out for sure which one is sharper.
1: Somebody else that needs to do that uh, test for us so we can mooch off of you and report it on our show.
0: Yes. Thanks. Or uh, <laughs> I can maybe possibly request one to play with. Uh, the, the other issue too with this sort of test is if you have the same camera and the, or the same form, uh, you know, Sony camera versus Sony camera, you can put the same lenses on that. But with like a GH four right. and an A 7s you know, how do you compare those accurately? Because both of them are behind different lenses, and the lenses could be the issue, and not the sensor or you know any number of things. Well, oh, I certainly uh, could yell at you,
1: yeah. If, yep. you, if you were not using the same lenses, I, I would bash you to kingdom come because people do that to me all the time.
0: Oh, man. So I, I'll just turn. Yeah, back. you just do a simple <laughs> test and you're like, okay, here's a 7D Mark II and here is a 5D Mark III. Look at the footage and they're like, wait a minute, what lens did you use? Like, well, how come this this right. image is bigger than the other image? You know sorry man i don't have four 51 twos to put on these things so i use a 51 four and a 51 two what's your fault dj like, okay i'm sorry man yeah you know, i did it it's i was trying to help but apparently i was just throwing gas on the fire and that didn't fix anything exactly <laughs> all right you know people are people on youtube are always going to bash you about something
1: so the lesson there is to do it the best you can and just move on because somebody's going to say
0: something nasty to you anyway yeah. Um, speaking of comments here, I've, I've got two up. Uh, one person mentions that uh, the R or RC, or excuse me, XC10 from Canon is a 300 megabit codec uh, versus the 150 megabit codec for the LS300, which is the JVC camera. Uh, they also say uh, SLR form factor must die. So uh, thanks, Carl Olson, for <laughs> those inputs there, man. Uh, Who was that? Carl Olson. So. There you go carl olson i've selected my buddy
1: my good friend he's watching the show hi carl um he's
0: he's
1: he's the devil and and i i'm sorry i didn't say that did i just say he's the devil
0: no i love carl
1: thanks carl uh good points though on the on the kodak uh bitrate too that's awesome
0: Yeah, and I don't think that uh, anybody disagrees with you, Carl, on the form factor of SLRs. Um, If you've been used to video cameras for a long time, the video camera format is a little bit more comfortable than an SLR format. I mean, Mitch, uh, okay, compare and contrast. I, 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 I
1: still say that... I like the combination. I like to be able to shoot video when I want it. I like to be able to shoot stills when I want to in the same body. And none of the big boy or little boy video cameras do that. So I don't care for that. I want a camera that does both. And right now, the DSLR is the only ones to do that. Now, if they were going to, I don't know why they don't just go ahead and take a video camera form factor and add stills to it. I mean, it's. They've already got all the functionality there. It's not like they need this stupid shutter to go up and down, just take a still image.
0: Well, and there are a few cameras that are capable of doing that right them. now. Uh, you know, obviously, any of your red cameras also will shoot still images in a raw format. Uh, they are limited to like 6K oh, and 8K, but I mean, it's those are very expensive <laughs> though compared to what else is on They're the market, expensive. so yeah. All right, moving on down the line to some Panasonic news. Looks like we've got two things here in the rundown. Uh, The first one is actually for the X8. Uh, If you're not familiar with the GX8, Uh, Panasonic recently uh, released this camera, and one of the touted features was the Dual IS system. Well, the Dual IS system relies on the optical image stabilization that's available in the lens, as well as some digital stabilization done in the camera body itself. Uh, To accommodate that, they've released firmware updates for a number of lenses, and I've got the list in the show notes, and they're planning on uh, introducing more in the first quarter, 2016. Uh, Mitch, anything to add to this? I mean, it's basically a quick press release from DP review. Give those guys credit where it's due. Uh, what do you think? How long should it take for them to implement this feature into their lenses?
1: Well, let me ask you this. And I'm putting on my dumb hat here because I really honestly don't know. So I may sound dumb, but this is a firmware for a lens or for a camera. Is there actually firmware in a lens? There is.
0: Uh, Panasonic releases firmware updates for their lenses on a regular basis. Uh, You load the firmware onto your camera body, and then the next time that lens is attached, you have the option to upgrade the firmware for a particular lens. Uh, This can fix issues like the length of time the image stabilization motor stays on or off, um, misoperating switches, and so on. Uh, It also changes the microfocus. On some of the lenses, if they've done multiple test charts on something and they feel that it's not correct, they can actually adjust that setting in the lens to work with the camera body of choice or add new camera bodies as they move forward and find out more test results.
1: Cool. That's cool.
0: I didn't know. See, I didn't know. I literally didn't know. It is a little weird. Uh, when I first moved to uh, the GH4, I was like, well, wait a minute, the 12 to 35 millimeter. F2.8 has a uh, you know, a firmware update. What's what's going on with this? And Then I started reading. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. If I use this lens with the GH3, it worked this way. But with the GH4, it's slightly different. And Panasonic has released a firmware update that will correct for that. Uh, if you're not familiar with the image stabilization system that's available in the GX8 uh basically guys uh it's digitally cropping in on the sensor and moving that around a little bit while combining that with the uh, regular vibration controlled uh iOS system in the lens itself and supposedly those two combined will give you something similar to the effect you get out of the Olympus OMD Mark II or 5 Mark II uh which uh is basically the five axis sensor moving system so I I don't know yet if it's as good. I've only seen a few test results. Looks okay. Um, I'm a little iffy on whether or not it's going to be as good. And with all these firmware updates coming for lenses, I think it's really dependent on the lens you're using with the camera body itself to really enjoy that feature. So, uh, you know. See,
1: that's what happens when you're stuck in one camera model like Canon and they never update
0: the firmware. If there is firmware to be updated on their lenses,
1: I never knew this was even possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, Canon man, um the only way you're getting an update from them is if uh they misspelled the Korean version of the in the menu system and it needs to be fixed. Otherwise, magic lantern all the way. Moving on from there, uh water cases. I don't know how many of you guys shoot underwater, but this is kind of interesting. Now, we've talked about the uh, Sony RX100 Mark IV a few times on this show. Mitch and I have discussed it in depth. But what if you want to shoot underwater? Well, it looks like uh, company uh, nudicam. Am I saying that right? I don't think I'm saying that right. Naughty cam. Naughty cam. Okay, thank you. Uh, But it sounds naughty, right? Yeah, so the naughty cam uh, guys have created this uh, (laughs) underwater housing for the Sony RX100 Mark IV. This gives you 4K shooting underwater. It's a very compact little system and a little bit more range than what you would get out of a GoPro or something like that. Mitch, what do you think about underwater shooting in general and possibly taking a Sony RX100 underwater?
1: It it always scares the living kajeebers out of me. I think I'd rather sacrifice a GoPro than a, a body. But when when it's designed specifically for your camera body, I think that's rocking. I mean I've seen some of the bigger ones that it you know, it looks like you're you're basically taking this big massive Tupperware thing down you know, <laughs> the water, and you're like, Man, it's gonna be kinda hard to push buttons and stuff. So this is looks really small and compact, compact. Neither one of us can use our tongues today.
0: I know, I don't know what's going on. Uh this morning I just haven't been able to talk correctly. I've been mispronouncing words and getting everything wrong. You're a naughty boy talking about the naughty cam. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, okay, so one of the things I, I was really interested in when I looked at this is basically all button access on the back yeah. of the, the unit. And it, you're right, Mitch. Like in the past, old underwater units were these big clunky things with like a remote cable coming out to the side. Usually had to have a guy that was specialized in in using the rig in order to even operate it. Now oh. this thing... It looks so simple to we'll use. I mean, camera. yeah, it's yeah. just like, hey, here's your regular camera. Take it underwater. Uh, all the buttons are on the back. Everything looks the same. Uh, they've got some extra little rigs if you want to do some other stuff. And they've even got a sort of wide angle lens adapter unit for it if you want to really get crazy. I'll be to, to do a fish eye. <laughs> wah, wah, wah.
1: Oh, man.
0: Oh, man. I should have hit the well, laugh track to you there. It's getting deep
1: here. <laughs> it's getting deep, get it?
0: <laughs> underwater. Woo. Oh, man. Oh. Wow. These yeah. jokes are just falling flat, man. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, look for pricing um, probably in the $3,000 range. These underwater housing kits are fairly expensive, so uh, there is no cheap way to go with these, but that's a lot cheaper than, you know, uh, some of the bigger camera cases, like uh, so if they, you put a Red Epic underwater, it's like twenty grand. So,
1: does it come with a guarantee? So if your camera dies because it leaks, then
0: you get your money back. <laughs> I don't think that's the case, Mitch. Uh, I think the case. it's using oh, your own risk. Bad. The case, get it?
1: <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Oh man!
0: Oh is, man! We turned into like a it. a Monday morning, uh, you know, road show or something. <laughs> okay speaking of road shows this one mitch threw in and i think it's hilarious but sad at the same time uh you can see here we have some bling uh mitch you want to talk a little bit more about these diamonds added to a canon model
1: i think it's fascinating in it i'm certainly going to buy one of these for my wife maybe two Oh, she's still like no that's my daughter um i th- I, f- I found the article interesting because yeah and you're showing it there uh because over on petapixel they actually show how the the design was done which is kind of fascinating that was the most interesting thing to me <laughs> uh but now i'm i I mean, if if somebody has enough money to buy a $10,000 Apple watch, then why not buy buy your wife or significant other a nice little gold and diamond-encrusted Canon 5D Mark III bracelet or charm? It says, (laughs) I love you, all over it, right? Here,
0: dear, I love you
1: because I'm buying you expensive things. That's all it
0: means. So maybe if your wife's a photographer or something like that, that would be the way to go. But still, honestly, if you're going to spend that much money, maybe a ring or a necklace might be a, a better way to go than a pendant of a Canon camera. And did I, we I, mention how much? Uh, No, we did not. What's the no, price on this guy?
1: 7500 <laughs> What? It's double the price of the camera, right? Wow. <laughs>
0: And it's got the 5D logo on this, so it's dated itself already, you know, because you can tell exactly when it was made and and uh, how old the camera is. 5D
1: Mark III, yeah. yeah so, Mark III. If they come up with a Mark IV. <laughs> old, in,
0: old. in five years, your your wife will want a new one because uh, this this camera is outdated and just doesn't shoot as well as the newest body. Uh, this is weird. I don't know what to say to this. So I'm going to move on. I got one last thing in the show notes here before we wrap up. And uh, this has kind of been a weird show because news is all over the place today. But I've been looking at the Panasonic LX100 versus the Sony RX100 Mark IV as a sort of point and shoot wife or a camera for my wife. Point and shoot wife. <laughs> Not a point and shoot wife. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Oh man, this is just one of those days.
1: I'm writing that one down. Oh,
0: so, sure? I'm looking on Craigslist here in uh in Portland and looks like for uh 549, you can pick up one of these uh LX100s. I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable for a camera of this caliber and this is a one uh micro 4 thirds inch sensor. It's got the same zoom range as the RX100. And I'm not familiar with either one of these cameras. I haven't had them in my hands. I guess what I wanted to put out there is, has anybody shot with both of these and can they contrast and compare? Because like Mitch and I have been talking about with reviews and this whole cast, where are the people that are doing these comparisons? I haven't seen anything between these two yet, and I kind of want to, so I know... Which one to get, you know? Like, uh, I might just jump on this because it's such a good price. I think the retail is uh, about $800, so that would save me quite a bit on this. And it is a 12.3-megapixel sensor as opposed to the 20-megapixel sensor used in the RX100. Plus, I'm already familiar with the focus system from Panasonic, and it seems to be much snappier than anything Sony's put in any of their cameras. So, what do you think, Mitch? Which one should I go with?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh yeah. Uh yeah. Um just... My answer is uh I don't have a clue. Yeah, me neither. Um I think I'm gonna just jump on this and, and see what happens. Uh maybe do yeah, some jump on it how? Buy both? Yeah, well no. I think I'll buy this one and play around with it and maybe I'll get a review unit in of the Sony RX100 Mark IV and play around with that. And, you know, actually, I probably will just buy this.
1: I don't know. I don't know what to do. When you say this, you're you pointing at the screen. I'm assuming you're talking about the Panasonic LX100?
0: Yes, that is correct, Mitch.
1: Okay. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm edifying for the people who are watching or listening because they can't see your point and what you're pointing at.
0: Yeah, this show as we as we do video more and more, I forget to mention stuff to the audio listeners, which is awful. Uh especially these morning shows. Man, Mitch and I get a little wacky when it starts to be before noon, I think. It's, uh...
1: I'm I'm going I'm going back and I'm getting a sound clip of you saying your point and shoot wife. My point and shoot. I've, I've written that one down, boy. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in my little sound clip. Oh no! Yeah, point and shoot wife.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> if any of you guys out there have had any experience with the Panasonic L- um, LX100, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm interested in this camera. Kind of want to give it a try. Uh, Five hundred and forty nine dollars sounds like a pretty good price. Uh, f- I don't know. I have no clue what my wife will like. And uh, I will just go forward. (laughs) Okay, Mitch, you have anything else before we wrap up this show? Because this has just been a weird show.
1: You you need to buy her one of those uh, Canon 5D bracelet charm things. That's what you need to buy her.
0: That'll go over well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, see, then she would be a point and shoot wife.
0: Oh, man, yeah. I, I think I have dogs attacking somewhere in the background. Dogs oh, man. Yeah. All right, on that note, guys, you can find me on uh, Twitter at DSLRFilmNoob.com. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are delivered, including iTunes and SoundCloud, which also had a purge, by the way. So if you had uh, copyrighted material on your SoundCloud, you are probably oh. gone from oh. SoundCloud, just so you know. Uh, so don't steal people's music, because that's bad. Mitch, where can people find you?
1: Uh, I'm at a place called... And you can also now find me on smartbusinessplanet.com because I'm having a lot of fun telling people about how I started Planet ID and other stuff.
0: Smartbusiness.com. That's where you can find much. Smart, Smart business, business planet. planet. Oh, the planet. the planet motif going on in here. Come on. All right. I'll get it right this time. All right. Maybe. Smartbusinessplanet.com. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. On that note, guys, we'll see you next time on another exciting episode of DSLR Film Noob Podcast.